Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process in discussions between the authors, narrators, producers, and post-production teams that bring them all together, as well as guests who have listened to the audiobooks and have questions for the creative teams. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Well, I have with me today Darren Spears, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Authors Republic, which is our preferred digital distributor for audiobooks. So, Darren, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's just dive right in and just kind of set the framework. If you could tell us a little bit about Authors Republic and what it is that you do at Authors Republic. Yeah, sure. So we are an audiobook publishing and distribution company. Uh, We do traditional publishing as well, as far as uh, purchasing rights to titles. But primary business is uh, we accept audiobooks that are already completed from uh, our clients. And then we distribute it out to around 50 different channels all over the world. And that includes music channels like Spotify or just your traditional channels like uh, audiobooks.com or Audible. Great. And so that's a lot of channels around the world. Could sure you <laughs> <laughs> Could you clue folks into kind of what your process is to get audiobooks out there? I mean, do they go out in batches or like whenever they come in? How does that work? Yeah, so we we do run a job queue, which might sound familiar to any uh, IT guys out there. <laughs> so basically, anytime somebody submits a book to us, there's a full process that's involved with that. Uh, first, we have an automated system that's going to make sure your audio is up to specs. Um, this is limited as far as how we can how far we can go with that. It's kind of hard to check for like heavy breaths and things right. like that. It's automated. Yeah. Uh, then after that point, we have our lovely ops team who will manually look at everything. Um, from that point on, we, we package everything uh, that is unique to how each channel wants it. So say uh, somebody has their own proprietary way of receiving metadata or uh, the naming convention on audio files. We will convert all of that for you and send it out. It's, it's got to be at least 25 different ways that people want it at this point. So we save you a lot of work. Wow. <laughs> and at that point, it's just distributed on a queue. We probably distribute everywhere twice a week. Okay. So it might be like every Friday and Monday, we'll distribute to Audible. Everybody's on one day of the week like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And so in that, you know, as you're describing that, that QC process, so there's, a, there's an automated piece and then there's a manual piece that happens before it even goes out to the the different channels. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular area where you find that authors or clients tend to get tripped up or confused about in the overall process? For the most part, it's uh, most people get it down pretty well. It will be something specific, you know, like Audible is very specific on how they want their audio if you're right. going to distribute to them. Very, very specific. So it could be a little thing like uh, the recording is perfect except you needed that little 0.5 second of silence at the beginning of a track. And that's enough to have it rejected on some of our channels. So it's, it's really little things like that. So when we identify those problems, we send it back. People always freak out immediately and they're like, oh, what did I do? I got to go to my narrator. And we're like, no, don't worry. Yeah. It's five seconds of work. Right. <laughs> you can do it yourself. 
download Audacity, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's mainly just little things like that. Most people get the uh, the harder parts down, you know, as far as making sure your your voice your voice is consistent throughout the audio and all that. Most of that is done pretty well. Right. I know there are also some uh, uh, can be cover challenges in the conversion to a square image. Uh, that there are some restrictions about like having bands of color on the side, for example, yes. to make up that difference or, or even putting a a badge if you've won an award uh, can be a challenge. Is that? It can be. Yeah. Um, not every channel cares about that. Um, in my opinion, you should welcome seeing little badges there saying, you know, New York Times bestselling author or you won an Audi, things like that, I feel like would add to how good the book might be. So a customer right. would be more likely to pick it up. But uh, we yeah. do have some channels who they're very much worried about their brand. So if they see another company's brand on there, even if it's an award, then mm. they're worried about how that might affect their company. Yeah. It's corporate. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that a lot of authors have questions about royalties mm-hmm. and that with having so many different channels that it's going out to that there's some there are some differences out there could you kind of give us a walk us through that royalty piece yeah so uh the least amount of money you'll ever receive from us is 70 percent of whatever your book makes us okay so you're getting the biggest piece out of everybody our retailers on average will take a 50 percent cut of whatever comes through this can fluctuate you know depending on who, who it's for. Sometimes uh, we get even better than that. But it also varies based on what kind of sales model they have. Uh, so for instance, with Spotify, we get paid so many cents to for every track that's listened to. So that means we would have to uh, break down your, let's say like a 10-track book. Let's say each track is an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to monetize that and make the author as much money as we can, we take those tracks and we have a, an amazing partner who helps with this and they segment it into many different tracks. So that means your once uh, 10 track book is now hundreds of tracks. Mm-hmm. And that means you're going to get hundreds of listens versus just 10 listens, which might result in you know like 20 cents. Right. <laughs> so in this way, you make a lot more money. It really just varies on what kind of sales model. But for the most part, for every $10 that we make, or that's sold, sorry, uh, you should see three fifty at okay. minimum. Mm-hmm. And of course, this will vary. You know, Library uh, sales are around four to six times uh, what you would see with a, just a standard digital retail sale. Say uh, something off audiobooks.com, you could see three fifty dollars for a $10 sale. But on Overdrive, you might be seeing $15, $20 for every sale, but that would be because it's a library, it's a bulk order. So it's, yeah. it's a little different. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Because I know a mm-hmm. lot of authors want to be in the libraries. And this is one of the, I think one of the great advantages of having you as the digital distributor is that you have, you you get access to the library systems. So how does that work? Yeah. So you get access to pretty much if, if they sell audiobooks, we're likely selling our content there mm-hmm. or we're working on getting it there. But as far as library goes, um, it's they buy your audiobook in the same format that it's in now, but it's marked up much, much higher. And we do that automatically for you. Or you can uh, give us your price and as long as it's it makes sense. Like you mm-hmm. can't have a two-hour book being $300. <laughs> and believe me, people have tried that. 
doesn't sell. <laughs> um, so with something like Overdrive, they would buy a bulk order of your single audiobook. So in a library setting, that means uh, the library could rent it out to so many people, so many students. And, and then that would count as one sale for you. But because it was a bulk, you made four to six times the amount of money than you would if you just sold that single book on a non-library platform. Mm-hmm. Do you want to dive just a, a little deeper into this if uh, just to see if you have any advice to authors that have, um, in, and I know that in some libraries, you somebody has to request the title that the library may not already have it, right? So do you know anything more about that part of the puzzle? If somebody, let's say they have, um, they want to encourage their followers to get their book from the library, how they might proceed to do so. So do you mean from like a distribution side of things? Like how would a customer get a book that they don't already have? Right. Yeah. A little bit more from the customer side. And I don't know how Mm -hmm. much you may know about that piece, but I know that if you go to your library site looking for a particular audiobook, you may not Mm -hmm. necessarily see that it's already there. And then if you know about that process of then trying to get it there, what might that be? Do you know? Yeah. Okay. So I can't speak on how every other publisher works, uh, but for us, we want to get your book everywhere, every single platform we can get it on. You never know how well the book is going to sell, right? You might get it on Audible and it sells nothing, Mm -hmm. but then you send it over to Hoopla, a library rental platform, and you're suddenly selling all kinds of uh, units. So because of that, we have never had somebody ask, uh, how can I get my book on this platform? Because Mm -hmm. we've already done it for them, unless they've specifically requested us not to. Mm -hmm. But there's been no scenario like that for us. But but that's that's what we do. We get your book everywhere. Right. Um, So I can just speak a little bit on other publishers. Depending on what margins they're looking for. Sometimes publishers will often actually, they will sign either exclusive deals, which means you'll never get your book on a a library partner because it will likely be exclusive to Audible. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that case, it's impossible. You're you're never going to have your book on the library. Right, yeah. But that's that's usually the only scenario. Uh, For the most part, you want to have your book on library channels because that's per unit. That's where you're making the most money. Right, yeah. I know that in a, a previous conversation, w- you had talked a little bit about how audiobooks that may do really well in one channel do, you know, hardly, there's hardly any sales at all or activity in another channel. And that, you know, and the complete reverse can also be true, like with the music channels. Can you talk a little bit about that? I, I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's interesting to look at. You know, every month I look at our database to see you know where books are selling well, and it's so fascinating to see things like uh, classic British literature, where you know we've had that in all English-speaking countries for you know over a hundred years now, and it's not as popular as it once was. But those books out in Europe or Scandinavia they sell like crazy because they use that as a way to learn English. And they read all these, you know, Emily Bronte and all these older books. And that's how they learn English. So those books actually excel more there than they do in English-speaking countries sure. for completely different reasons. Right. So it's really interesting. Yeah. 
And, and like with music channels, are some titles like doing really well in music channels, but not so much in the most typical, the ones that people think about, audiobooks.com, Audible? Yeah, yeah. So every channel seems to, it's almost like they're branded in different ways that's going to capture different demographics. So my generation, millennials and younger generations than I am, uh, we really like cheap digital content. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what we were raised on, you know, the Napsters. Yeah. We don't want to buy music on CD. We just want to steal it <laughs> and get it for free, right? <laughs> so that has evolved from something that was uh, just, I mean, considered piracy to now we have things like Spotify, where you can pay such a cheap amount every month or even listen for free, but you'll get ads. And that's attracting younger generations who are looking at, you know, credit systems are like, no, I'm not paying $14.99 a month when I can get unlimited books over here for whatever the price, like seven fifty or whatever it is right now. Yeah. And uh, so people that, if, if you have a book that's being marketed towards teens or mm-hmm. maybe early 20s, mm-hmm. you're much more likely to get your sales from a music channel like Spotify because that's, that's where they're going. They're like the Netflix generation. They want things for cheap and they want it instantly. Yeah. They don't want to wait a month for another credit to roll around. Right, know? right. So they, and in a lot of cases, that means they're they're just going to listen to ten minutes of your book and then move on to another book for ten minutes and yeah, go all OCD on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really interesting to note. It's not something that I'd really thought about before, but to note the generational who the your target market is really is uh, going to impact where your audiobook is selling specifically. So I think that's really great for authors to be aware of because if their target audience is probably going to be on places like Spotify, then any advertising efforts or marketing efforts should potentially lean in that direction. So that's that's a great, uh, great heads up for our authors, I think. Yeah. So fun fact about that. Uh, we have a book called Stamp from the Beginning. Uh-huh. Um, that book took off just number one best-selling book for about a month during uh, the Black Lives Matter protests because mm. this book was considered one of the books that everybody should read if they're interested in that topic. Yeah. So it, it was a lot of younger people that were heavily uh, engaged in these protests. And guess where they like to get their books from? <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> so we, at the time, we were actually in discussion uh, with some people uh, about maybe not having the book there because a lot of people are worried when they see a lot of units sold Mm. and a lower royalty, they assume that means they're going to make much less money, but they don't understand the concept of we've taken your 10 track book and made it into hundreds. So one full listen might be 300 units where you're still making the same amount of money in the end Mm -hmm. or even more in a lot of cases. But then after we start seeing the sales from there, we're like, Okay, we're going to keep it on Spotify. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Oh, that's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a question about pricing. Uh, this is another thing that I think sometimes confuses authors about the MSRP, mm-hmm. which is a, in its name, is a suggested retail price. Yes. How do you, and I know that um, one of the differences between Authors Republic and ACX, for example, is on ACX, you don't have any say whatsoever, even in yeah. suggesting a price. Can you explain a little bit about uh, what you see in terms of how distributor or how um, retailers, libraries, how they mm-hmm. uh, use that 
price? Do they just pick it up and say, yes, that's the price? Or, you know, are they making a, a lot of people making modifications? What do you see? Yeah, yeah. So as I was saying before, when you submit the price to us, and in almost every single case, there, there's maybe been five cases since I've worked here where we didn't honor the price that you set. And that would be because it's something ridiculous, like a five minutes kids booked, but they think it's worth $500, you know? Yeah. And maybe it is. <laughs> They're artists, right? <laughs> Maybe they think it is. Who knows? It could be. As far as our retailers go, they almost always, and when I'm saying almost always, I mean, of the 50 we, close to 50 we have, probably at least over 40 honor that. It will fluctuate slightly. Uh, so for instance, on Hoopla, this is a library rental platform. That means that you're going to see much higher quantity of sales, mm-hmm. but each uh, royalty will be smaller. And that's because the customer only gets the book for so long. They never own it. They're just renting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't finish the book in time, too bad. You got to rent it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, nobody's going to rent a book where they temporarily own it for full price. Right. right. Yeah. So it's, it's smaller. But that price that Hoopla will set is based off of the MSRP that you gave us. Mm-hmm. So we have, it's just an algorithm we run in the background. Even for library, uh, like, a, like a Hoopla or sorry, not Hoopla, an overdrive, mm-hmm. where you're, you can expect four to six times uh, the return from a single sale there. We have an algorithm that is automatically multiplying your suggested MSRP so that it will fit the model that overdrive wants. Uh, um, cool. Yep, so almost everybody will follow it uh, with a little variability. Uh, Audible is somebody that uh, they don't like to follow the prices. They much prefer to decide what it's worth on their end. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a massive problem in the industry, but right. that's just yeah. how it is for now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like they're, I mean, they post their their sort of general guidelines. It's all based in, entirely on length as far as mm-hmm. anyone can tell. Yep. Do you have any thoughts on whether those are reasonable prices in their ranges or not? Um. <laughs> uh, you don't have to. I'm just starting uh, to put it out there. <laughs> so when we started this company, we got into this with the idea that we're serving the author. This is the artist. You know, we might look at a book and say this is worth $5, but we don't know that the, author, the artist just took a year off work to write this book and they think it's worth $19.99 or something like that. Right. That's why we honor that. Like We're in this for the authors, yeah. you know? Obviously, I'm against the pricing at Audible. I, I don't know anybody who has books on there that is like, I'm so happy I'm making 20% what the book is selling right. everywhere else, right? Yeah. But you know, when you're the market leader, you get, to, you get to do things that nobody else can. But the good news about that is that this puts a gap in the market. And even five years ago, when we started, we only had maybe seven, seven channels. Mm-hmm. It's been five years and now we have almost 50, right? Yeah. Everybody else, for the most part, for the most part, other than the you know variability that I said with like library channels, yeah. everybody's following the price. Yeah. They're yeah. respecting the right. authors. Yeah, that's great. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working with authors who have a big goal in mind. They really want to reach out to their audience around the world. We're here to help make that happen. It starts with our pre-production process where we're evaluating and determining what elements of the audiobook we can leverage to both create an excellent listener experience for your listeners, as well as drawing them to your website to engage with you further. 
It continues on through the production process, making decisions that will enhance and support your big goals, as well as creating a great listener experience. But we don't stop there. Once the audiobook is live, we move on to helping you market your audiobook with the Audiobook Marketing Program. Come check us out at ProAudioVoices.com. To schedule a call to talk about your audiobook project, click on Get Started. Speaking of, like, over the last five years, what trends do you see in the industry overall? I mean, there's there's some obvious ones of uh, customers who like audiobooks also seem to really enjoy podcasts, which might be another reason that Spotify has been so popular for audiobooks now. Um, biggest trends probably are with what countries are coming up for years. I mean, even before we came along, I'm thinking 2012 or so, it was mainly just English-speaking countries. You know, uh, the UK was a little bit behind, maybe a couple of years behind, but they were slowly building up. Now the UK is full force, just like North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see South America really getting into play with uh, UBook, which is probably their biggest audiobook service down there. Yeah. Europe is is really exploding. And what surprised me the most is I always thought it would be uh, probably Germany. They're just mm-hmm. they're just like they're just always around for everything. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the industry <laughs> is; they're always like the kings. Um, but it's Scandinavia. It's it's just booming, and that's a yeah. lot uh, thanks to Storytel, yeah. who has Storytel, basically yeah. created the audiobook market there. Right? Um, yeah, it's just amazing. So as far as trends go, it's more like uh, what countries are coming into play, and globally, we're seeing anywhere from twenty to thirty percent growth year over year, and that's yeah. been for years. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And mm-hmm. what would you say? Uh, you know, considering the fact that we have many more areas where it's not just English. In terms of authors that may be considering having their books translated and then uh, creating audiobooks in other languages, mm-hmm. are, are you seeing any kind of trends in that direction or do you have any thoughts about that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, this is what's going on now. Pretty much everybody will create their book in English. And we suggest that people start looking at German, Spanish, and then getting into Swedish. But Swedish Sweden is probably the biggest one out of Scandinavia right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Norway, uh, the Netherlands, they're they're right, they're catching up too. They're they're probably like a year or two away from where Sweden is, and Sweden is slightly behind Germany. Yeah, yeah. We actually have uh, so one of our partner studios. We work a lot with Dion Audio. Um, mm-hmm. They're a great bunch. Yeah, lovely to work with, and um, they have recently brought on all kinds of new uh, narrators internationally and they cover pretty much every language you can think of and then a few more that i can't pronounce <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, like that and then yeah there's there's a place you can go right uh, if you're looking to get things uh, recorded in all kinds of languages right we do that at pro audio voices as well yeah. yeah oh very good yeah and then just uh this is sort of more of a of a general kind of question but any just special advice you might have for authors who are new to the audiobook industry or even already have audiobooks in the you know that are out there but what should authors know going into this that would be helpful to them the biggest thing i can suggest is keep your rights do not sell your rights the main reasoning is this so you you sell your rights to a publisher Maybe, you know, if you're a first-time author, maybe you got $500 for, you, for your art. Yeah. It's insane. 
And then you get this uh, 25% royalty for seven years. Okay. So if your book is just doing not very well to mediocre, yeah. They're never going to put your book in audio format because that can that can go anywhere from uh, two thousand to twelve thousand dollars US. Right. If they don't see the investment opportunity there, they're never going to make it into an audiobook, which means the money going in your pocket is far less. If you keep your rights, there are resources now, like you were saying, Pro Audio Voices is a great place to take your book. Obviously, you're lovely to work with; otherwise, oh. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> go there, get your book created. And then use a service like ours where you're going to be making 70%. And here's the beautiful part about it. We've actually had people use our service, end up being successful, and then Random House comes knocking on their door. <laughs> and then they, they sell the rights to Random House. And a lot of people, that's their dream, right? To be on a big publisher like that. Uh-huh. It's amazing. It's a dream come true. But they don't offer $500 for the book because they've already seen how well the book is doing. Right. Right. So you're still going to get the same kind of not very great terms as far as a 25% royalty for most. Yeah. But that advance you're going to get is going to be way higher. And they're going to make it into an audiobook because I've already seen how well it's doing. Right. You know? So yeah. it's like that. So yeah. I, I would say, like, keep your rights, test the waters with us. Mm-hmm. If it's successful, awesome. You just made the biggest royalty you can make. Yeah. If it's not, then. You know, you can you can work with that. You can try to sell the rights, but at least you know that you made the best decision up front. And it's it's almost like testing the waters, right? And then once uh once your audio book is out there, you sit back and relax and expect every it to be found. Or <laughs> yeah, so uh, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would love to just put up a video and suddenly make a million dollars in views. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, for the lucky few, that works. Uh, like as I was saying with Stamp from the beginning, mm-hmm. that book was doing fairly well for its lifetime with us, but it, it took a movement like Black Lives Matter to make it become the number one best-selling book, right? Yeah. Things happen that will make books be successful. We once had a book called uh, Girl on the Train, where there was a very famous book and movie that came out. It wasn't the one that we had, but just because it was called something similar, it made all kinds of money. <laughs> I wish we had this kind of luck all the time. Um, so for, for your average author or for somebody who uh, needs help and doesn't really know what they're doing, there's, there's a couple things you need to do. First, you need to make sure you're getting maximum exposure for your book. As I was saying before, you never really know where your book's going to sell. You can go exclusive with Audible, but if you have a book that isn't very interesting for Audible customers... And maybe it would sell way better in Europe or on Spotify or pretty much the 49 other channels. Right. Then you need to do that. And uh, we're a place where you can do that. Once you've done that, you should look at marketing. Uh, There's, to be honest, I don't think there's very many good marketing options out there, but you have an excellent one. And uh, as of right now, we are offering anybody who uses your service an 80% royalty with us just to incentivize it. If people are worried about the cost of using your service, know that not only are you going to make more money because your team's going to do a great job of trying to get eyes on the product, right. but you're also going to make 10% more. And that's out of our pocket. We're just, mm-hmm. we're just giving you that extra 10% to help you make more money. So that will cover the cost of marketing. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's your best way to go. You need that exposure. You need a good publishing team. And get get some marketing people on it that know what they're doing that aren't yeah. trying to rip you off for every dollar you have. Yeah, and I think you really hit you know just even the use of the word in there you know team. I think there's so so much value in recognizing that publishing 
no matter which part of it you're in, is really it's a team sport, you know. <laughs> While the author is usually the um, the captain of the team and creating the content that, mm-hmm. in order to have the team succeed, you need people who are helping in, you know, with digital distribution, with the you know on the retail side, on the libraries, on the production side. So there's a, there's a lot of people that are a part of that overall team. Um, and including the marketing, of course, as mm. well. Yeah, and it's not just the team, though. It's you got to find good people. You need right. people you can trust. It for I've seen so many sad stories of authors who they're just so happy they made a book, and then they sell the rights away, and they get treated like crap, and they make yeah. no money. And it turns out, oh, the book didn't sell as well as they'd like, so they're just never going to make it into an audiobook. Yeah. And then you're just left there with a year's work gone, and maybe you got this five hundred dollar advance. It's, yeah, it's just it's it's terrible. So find good people, find, you know, like yourself, great people to work with, you know, we'll help you. There's no strings attached. If you don't like us, look at the terms. You can leave whenever you like, <laughs> right? Like we're here to help you. And yeah. very few people do leave because they see that freedom. Yeah. They're, they're used to these cutthroat contracts that's traditional in the publishing industry. We're not yeah. going to give you that. No, you you hold think. the power. Yeah. You guys have been awesome to work with. Which is also why you're here on our podcast. <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> yeah, it does indeed. And I and it, you know, one of the things where I feel like we're very much in alignment is that we really want to help authors have a greater impact in the world. Uh, you know, authors spend so much of our lives and energy creating this content that will be of value to others mm-hmm. and to, uh, you know, it's. Uh, to get all the way to, it, there's no real finish line in a way, you know. Uh, I, although I, I think the the publishing moment feels like a finishing line, but then it's really so much more to get it all the way out to have your audiobook get listened to by the people you created it for, uh, your print and ebook editions get read by the people you created those for. Mm-hmm. So just that, uh, you know that ability to reach your audience and to have an impact is is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're very much in alignment in helping our our clients with that. Yeah. So I think that's all my questions for today, although something more will probably pop up in my mind right after we finish. But I just want <laughs> to thank after. you. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience, either specifically about Authors Republic or the industry, mm-hmm. and anything that comes to mind that we haven't already talked about? Um, well, probably just one thing about uh, how we pay people. You know, mm-hmm. the, the base right you're going to get is 70%. It, that means we'll, we're taking that 30%, right? So if you don't make any money with us, we don't make any money, right? right. right. You never owe us anything, ever. Mm-hmm. You never owe us. If you don't like us, leave. It, it's all good. We're still there to help you. When that one guy uh, got an offer from Random House, I helped him migrate his book over. You know, yeah. it cost us time, but yeah. it was it was so nice to see people become successful. That's what we're in this for. We're just some friendly Canadians trying to help people out and <laughs> change the industry in a, in a more positive way, if we yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for all that you do. And let's have a great, uh, successful, prosperous, impactful 2021 yeah. and beyond. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for having me. This has been great. 
And anytime you want to do it again, let me know. This is fun. Great. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Darren. Great. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.